Hi, everyone. Welcome and thank you for tuning into The Animal Files, the podcast where we expose the truth, science, and spirituality of pet care and provide you with the wisdom and tools you need to raise happy and healthy companion animals. My name is Victoria, an animal spirituality facilitator and integrative energy practitioner. And my name is Miranda, an animal health technologist and pet care safety expert. Let's dive in, shall we? Hello, and welcome to the Animal Files podcast. We got an interview for you. We love doing interviews. And today we are going to talk to Terry J, the cowgirl shaman. It's going to be a great conversation. I'm looking forward to this and I'm going to toss it to Miranda and she can get this whole thing started. <laughs> We're so happy to have you here today, Terry. I'm glad that you decided to come on and share some amazing information and wisdom about animal communication and intuition and all of that. And in an interesting way that is going to be, I think, different from how other people might explain it, which might help people to understand about it a little bit better. Well, I'm happy to be here. And one of my greatest joys is teaching other people that you already have the abilities, you turned them off in childhood. So all you have to do in order to really communicate with your animals, the way they communicate with each other is just turn it back on. <laughs> Sometimes Which, that's easier said than done. I know, it sounds <laughs> so simple. <laughs> well, probably as simple, it's just not necessarily easy. For right, that's a really good way of saying it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we, you know, we have so many preconceived notions about our pets and how they are and who they are and... So that can get in the way sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I always tell people that no matter what, if anything is directly affecting your animal in any way, shape or form, you have to make sure you're giving them a voice. Absolutely. You can't just egotistically think that they're just going to go along with it. Right. They're their own people. I'm always surprised at what they tell me. Always. Mm -hmm. And it's always pretty amazing what they do. We, we just were pet sitting our friend's dog for uh, two days. And I told her, I said, you have to go potty outside. And we have a doggy door and a fenced yard. And, you know, it's safe. And she says, but I get to go in the house at home. Oh, and so, yeah, her <laughs> owner doesn't, isn't feeling good and she's having mm -hmm. mobility issues. So for her, the only place to go potty is in the house. Mm -hmm. So we had a discussion about that. <laughs> <laughs> We made some progress. We actually got her to use the doggy door a couple of times. Oh, so good. I felt, I felt good about that. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm still amazed too, with, you know, when people get a dog and the dog gets elderly and they just look at it as an old dog. Mm. And I tell them, no, that's pain. This mm -hmm. is pain. There's so many things you can do. Chiropractic, AccuScope, supplements, even, you know, CDB stuff. That's good stuff. Mm -hmm. And so don't look at it as just an old creaky dog. Do something about it. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, a lot of humans have that mentality for themselves. Like yes. so many people think, oh, well, I'm just getting old. So that means I'm supposed to get these aches and pains and illnesses and whatever else. Right. They just simply accept it. Well, kind of accept it. They'll complain about it, but they'll accept it and not do anything. Yeah. Now, I always <laughs> tell people that aging is a choice. Yep. There may be certain things that are just passage of time, but physical aging is a choice. Yeah. There's so much that we can do nowadays. I mean, there's yeah. so much that, that we can do for our pets, you know, to make them feel better. Mm -hmm. And it's just incredible what you can do. 
So we just have to investigate it and look into it. And mm -hmm. a couple of my pet peeves are the way people pick up small dogs. Oh my mm. Lord. They try to pick them up facing them. Like, like they're picking up a baby. Oh mm. yeah. Pop the ribs out. They leave the hind legs dangling. And that can cause all kinds of disc problems, especially in the long body dogs like corgis and the dachshunds. Mm. You have to always support the butt. Always, always, mm -hmm. always. If you get poop mm -hmm. on your hand, you can wash it off. Don't worry about yeah. it. Mm -hmm. So there's just all kinds of things that I see people doing all the time. And, you know, I'm so shy and reserved that I will get in their face mm -hmm. and tell them, don't do that and why. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I know with my cat, I'm very intentional. Cats are a little bit different than dogs, I think, as far as their spine's concerned. But I still, I'm very intentional with how I pick her up. I'm not going to just grab her. I'm going to make sure that I'm supporting at least two right. points, you know, yes. that it's just animals like to feel secure. And right. if you're picking them up, they still need to feel secure. So you right. got to do what you need to do. Or when mm -hmm. people hold an animal out in front of them, or, you know, they're not supporting them because they like to see the dogs paddle in the air. And it's like, oh, God, that's mm. not a good thing. That's mm. not a good thing. Then we nope. wonder why we have neurotic animals. Right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't know what made them that way all of a sudden. Oh. Humans. Yeah, humans, right? <laughs> So the biggest part about learning to listen to them is to re realize that sense of smell is number one for an animal. Mm -hmm. And think of what we do to disguise our ability at scenting. Mm -hmm. You know, we wear deodorant and all kinds of perfume and stuff on our hair. And, and so our own scent is really, it can really be disguised, not to them, but, mm -hmm. you know, animals will say, where's the dog that smells like this? And I'll go, well, uh, uh, nose, no work, how dog look? That's what I would say back to them. Mm -hmm. And then they send me a visual image of the dog that they're missing or are wondering about or the cat. Mm -hmm. So it's so interesting how they put things to me too. I just, <laughs> I think sometimes my TV show should be called, I can't make this stuff up, but I would use the other <laughs> S word. I would use the other S word. Yeah. Because <laughs> this stuff is too specific. It really is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we are all born with intuition, clairvoyance, clairsentience, clairaudience, and claircognizance. And clair just means clair clear. Yep. So it's clear knowing, clear feeling, clear hearing, clear seeing, and intuition. I think mm -hmm. I got them all. <laughs> Don't hold me to that. <laughs> <laughs> We're all born with all of that and we just turn it off in childhood. So in order to learn to really communicate with our animals telepathically and intuitively, the same way they communicate with each other, we just have to turn it back on, get grounded. That's the most important part. Get out of our own way. And the thing that people miss is the speed that the communication happens. Mm -hmm. You know, we're taught, I talk, I wait, you talk, right? Mm -hmm. That's polite mm -hmm. conversation. But animals have never been taught that. Mm -hmm. and, and intuition and the stuff that you're going to get is going to be over the top of your question. Yeah. So a mental conversation with any pet is going to be like this mental, not out loud. Did you, Oh, Oh, what about yeah. the, oh, oh, were you yep. gonna, oh, and that is why people miss it because they want to have their whole sentence or their whole question. Mm. And then they wait and they hear crickets. They got nothing mm. and, and they feel like they can't do it. And that's mm. the only thing they're doing wrong is not listening fast enough. Yeah. I always experiment because as my own little version of animal translator, I've noticed that sometimes my cat will listen quicker if I show her a little movie of what I want her to do, yes. as opposed to using my words. Absolutely. Because the words they have to learn. Yeah. Intuition and telepathy, they already have. Yep. Mm. It's their natural state. I mean, it's our yes. natural state too, but it, that it's right. like their predominant way of 
communicating with each other and, yeah. and with us and we just don't hear it. No. Mm-hmm. And that's why we feel like there's such a disconnect because we're not yeah. paying attention. Well, we just have to listen faster, really. Yeah. We have to have no preconceived notions about what they're going to say or how they feel or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And and we have wild horses down the street. Seriously. They're right in the area where I live. I love it. And you can watch them and they're grazing, they're quiet. Some might be laying down, you know, nobody's moving, nobody's worried. And all of a sudden the lead mare will say, get the heck out of here. And they get up as one, they move as one, they go to the same predetermined place at the same speed and they get to the new place and they all just settle again. And what the lead mayor has said is there's danger here. We need to move. Hmm. And it was like a snap of the finger. Absolutely. Not one hmm. of them says what's wrong or what's the problem. <laughs> you know, did you see the mountain lion over there? You know, that's what the problem is. So nobody questions it. Nobody asks, you know, what's going on. They just all do it. And so you can see that telepathy going on and, and that intu- intuitive communication. And you just think, what just happened there? How can, how can I do that? How can I hear that? Mm. And you can, you can, I mean, unless Mm. you have serious cognitive issues, anybody can learn to do it. Why do you think that us humans lose this, well, not maybe lose this ability, but turn this ability off? I think we, I think we freak out our parents, Mm -hmm. you know, point to a wall and go, grandpa, grandpa, no. And they turn you around. No, grandpa's in heaven. That's not grandpa, grandpa. And you've never Mm. met grandpa. The child has never met grandpa, but is pointing to the wall and knows that that vision that they're seeing right there is grandpa. Mm. And everybody will turn them around. No, no, that's not it. And they go, oh, what an overactive imagination that child has, you know. Right. Uh -uh, They're really seeing something that's really (laughs) They are. Yeah. So I so think I, other people try to turn it off for us. And then yes. we just decide that we don't want to fight anymore. So we just turn it off ourselves. And a lot of kids are told they're lying. That's mm. really bad, you know, because mm. they're really seeing it. They're that sensitive. They're getting it intuitively and telepathically. And to them, it's the same as having a, a, a verbal conversation with someone. They're having a, an intuitive conversation with somebody who's passed mm-hmm. and to them, it's the same thing. So they're, they're not differentiating. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people, I, I know kids that were punished right. for having an overactive imagination or you're lying. <sighs> no, they're not. They're not. Yeah. Adults should know better. <laughs> maybe nowadays there's maybe more parents who are open to this yes. and compared to our generation and generations and right. before that. Yeah. I do get a lot of parents calling me because they, they want to make sure their kid's not crazy. Right. And that's, well, that's one of the things they want to ask me is, is he crazy or is he really seeing this stuff? Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how, how often I can connect to that child. And then that child immediately starts talking out loud to the mother saying, you know, I'm not crazy. I really am seeing this. And so it, it really just reinforces the fact. And what I suggest they teach is appropriateness. Mm. you know, teach appropriateness. When is it okay to talk about what you're seeing or feeling Mm. like at school? uh, No, you're going to get ridiculed. Mm -hmm. So these are things that are okay in the home, not okay anywhere else. Right. Yeah. I think a lot of times parents get scared. Yeah, they do. Cause they have no frame of reference. Yeah. And, And the sad part is that people look at this as woo woo stuff when it's physics. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, my, my next book is the physics of mediumship. Nobody's mm-hmm. done that. Nobody says mediumship is science. No, nobody's mm-hmm. done that. And I'm so excited about it, but, but it's going to piss off a lot of people. <laughs> Good. <laughs> <It really is. laughs> 
because they, you know, their claim to fame is I'm special, I'm unique, um, I have gifts. No, you don't. Yeah. You know? <laughs> no, you don't. Everybody, if, if you have them, everybody's got them. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so we really need to look at the science base of all of this, that it's mm. just energy, frequency, and vibration. That's mm-hmm. all it is. So we just need to learn to tune in in a different way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know for myself, it's like I, I have the conceptual understanding that everything is energy and that everything affects everything else and that we're all one and all of that. I have the conceptual understanding, but it's challenging for me to embody it. I think it is for everybody. Yeah. You know, because we're living in this reality that we know and we understand but we just don't think about what's underlying, mm-hmm. you know, what's underlying all of it. I think one of the things that may help is if we all start realizing we don't know it all and we mm-hmm. start experimenting because my husband did this with my cat. We just got over having COVID for three weeks and my cat is feline leukemia virus positive. So we had to make sure that she's protected. So we wore masks around the house around her and whatever to keep her safe. And he started joking around because he couldn't go up to her and pet her and give her the love that she wanted. So he started doing it energetically from across the room and she Mm. reacted exactly the same. Mm. Yep. They will. As if he was physically doing it. So he had that experience. And so now he jokes, right? It's like, I'm energetically petting you. I'm energetic. And she just like rides around. She loves it. Because oh, it yeah. is quantum physics. Yep. And, and until you experience something like that and see the results, you just, you're theorizing at that point. But then once you have the experience, mm-hmm. then you're going, oh, maybe there is something about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're all doing it anyway, but not realizing that we're yeah. doing it. That's the thing. I mean, really, we're all mm-hmm. doing it, but we just are not acknowledging that we're in fact doing it or that we have the abilities to Mm -hmm. do it. Yeah. When somebody tells me they're gifted, I just roll my (laughs) eyes. Really? (laughs) Really? Yeah. What am I chopping? You know, everybody's got them unless there's cognitive issues that prevent. And I've even some seen some kids on the spectrum that scared the crap out of their parents because they were so intuitive. Mm-hmm. They, the parents would think, oh, I've got to take him to the doctor tomorrow. And the kid would go running up and going, I'm not going to the doctor. Mm. And the parents like, what? I didn't say anything. <laughs> I heard you think it. And they do. So, well, I mean, know, can get a little. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard that people who are on the, the spectrum that it's been referred to that, that they do have already special gifts. Well, that's special gifts, maybe not the gifts, but it's just like, they, they have special abilities. Yeah, They're more aligned, ability. I think more aligned and more in tune to some of the metaphysical aspects of life. Yeah. That's what or, I would think. I wouldn't call it metaphysical. I'd call it physics. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I guess. I mean, you know, that's the buzzword. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I totally agree with you. It, it is just yeah. physics. It's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. It really yeah. is just the way. I think the word psychic should be thrown out because it means none of the physical sciences. Well, if you say on one hand, physics covers everything, then that word is old and outdated. We shouldn't be using the word psychic. Mm, yeah. It means not of the physical sciences. And if everything's physics, then that word has no meaning. Same thing with paranormal. Mm, yeah. I, there's no such thing as Above paranormal. Normal. It's no, really it's just normal. All normal. <laughs> it's normal. You know, I, I laugh at all of these ghost hunters that feel the need to go in someplace at four o'clock in the morning. And, and I just want to go, hello, I'm talking to dead people all day with yep. the lights on. Hello. 
you know, and you want to go, are they talking to the garbage that somebody shed off when they died? Or are they talking to the beautiful spirit on the other yeah. side? What, mm-hmm. where, what are they communicating with? Same thing with animals. Our animals always try to reincarnate, always. Mm-hmm. You know, if you provide a vehicle for them, people go, oh, I don't want to replace them. That, that's not what's happening. You need a new physical form for their spirit to go into so they can come mm-hmm. back. And we, we don't get it. You know, we just really don't get that. I have unfortunately never had one of my cats come back to me. They went off and did their own thing. I guess I'm a good mom because they realized that I don't need them. So they did their time and it's time for mama to take care of somebody else. (laughs) Well, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised because a lot of times it happens and we just aren't aware of it. True, true. Yeah, really, that could because be. they really try to come back and they do walk-ins. Mm-hmm. You know, if your dog dies on Tuesday and on, on Thursday, you go to the pound and, and, and get another dog that was obviously alive when your first dog was alive, then the, the dog that you bring home will start changing. Yeah. They start changing and taking on some of the aspects of the animal that just died. And I've had people call me and go, I think I'm losing my mind. Yeah. You know, yep. the new dog's acting like the old dog. And that's a walk-in. That's a yep. walk-in. The, our uh, 19-year-old cat passed away in July july 18th of 2019 and i allowed our next cat to choose us they did and saw a picture brought them home and the vet said it approximately nine weeks old so i went back in time and literally their birth date seems to land somewhere around the death date of my cat and i was like i don't know if i want to do that so i'll just give them a, a week earlier <laughs> just just right. to kind of cover it But it's so interesting how that happened. And it was like, she passed away and these kittens were born right around the same time. And these were the kittens that chose us. Yeah. But what happens too, is that, like I said, they can do walk-ins and what's, what people don't realize is that if you're looking for like a regular reincarnation rather than a walk-in animals and humans don't get their spirit or soul until the last trimester. Mm. So it's not a point of conception. Yeah. Interesting. The, the physical bodies have to be large enough to house the conscious mind and spirit. Cause that, you know, think about air, air has weight, mass, composition, density, mm-hmm. but we can't see it. Mm. Well, souls and spirits are exactly the same. They're energy. They have weight, mass, composition, density. And so for them to come back and, and come into a, a, another being, the fetus that they're going to go into has to be large mm. enough. I love this bizarre? conversation. <laughs> you are talking my language. I, I, <laughs> I, I, that's the one thing that, I mean, I even believe it happens with plants too. I have two poinsettias in my living room. And when I got them, they very much felt like they were two spirits. Well, now every time I talk, they do have energy. Yeah. But now, well, at one point there was three because I, one of my poinsettias passed away or died and it felt like there was three energies within this one pot but now when I'm talking to them and I'm watering them and taking care of I always end up saying well she so either they merged into one or one just kind of inhabited and said no we'll stay here and and you can go off it was it's the weirdest thing so it's not just animals it's not just people it's plants too everything has it it is I, I was at a special event where they wanted me to come and do readings for people at a group event. And it was a place called the Mormon Fort, hmm. which is in Genoa, Nevada. And um, it's really only like six or eight miles from where I live. But they backed me to this 120-year-old cottonwood. Mm. And I'm telling you, that tree wouldn't shut <laughs> up. And I'm so distracted by this tree. And it's telling me everything it's seen and everything that's gone on and how it 
how it's still working and that yep. it does have some center rot and it's telling me all about itself. Yep. It's like, well, you shut up. I got to work here. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing <laughs> what they do. I mean, I was every year I kind of clip my poinsettia to bring it down. It's she's a little unruly, but I think she likes it that way because she's giving me lots of red leaves now. But there was one long stalk that you would think naturally that would be the one that you clip. And I went to go clip it and said, no, don't touch me. I was like, okay, fine. So I have this one yeah. stalk that's got lots of leaves on it and it's there. I was just like, okay, she wanted to stay. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna clip it if she wants yeah. to be there. We just have to <laughs> we just have to learn to to listen in a different mm, way. Yeah, we really do because the information is always there it's always forthcoming yeah. and we just have to learn to listen faster and in a different way you know because animals are going to communicate with visual images taste smells sounds feelings mm -hmm. and you know if we're looking for words coming from them it, it's going to be slim slim to mm -hmm. none yeah yeah mm -hmm. so interesting i love this conversation <laughs> <laughs> it's really fun well, i'm learning stuff so <laughs> And, I, and if anybody wants to learn how to do animal communication or really any of this mediumship, my first book is uh, The Cowgirl Shaman Way, Seven Easy Steps to Develop Your Intuitive Ability. Ooh. And I had so much fun writing that book because it covers everything. Mm -hmm. It covers absolutely everything. All of these things that I do that I really want to encourage other people to learn to do. Mm -hmm. Then my second book is for caregivers, medical personnel, and first responders. And it's called Intuitive Communication, Communicating with People That Cannot. Mm. We have seven to nine million people that can't communicate in the United States due to illness, injury, or disease. Mm -hmm. and, and as I shared my my mediumship book is coming out and it's called the physics of mediumship and the dog book is coming. You know, we were talking about the titles. Yeah. That's going to be really fun, but it'll be just for people that are dog lovers that want to just learn to communicate with dogs. It'll be very specialized. Mm -hmm. yeah. I love it. It looks like I'm going to be adding a bunch of books to my, <laughs> <laughs> my library. The first two are on Amazon and then the, the next one should be there in another week or so. It should be up. Fun. Yeah, fun, that fun, sounds fun. great. Yeah. So I read in your story how you, I guess, basically turned your switch back on. It happened unexpectedly for you, it sounded like. Oh, yeah. Do you think that that's how it happens for most people, that it just some kind of event happens or something that just kind of triggers back on rather than them consciously doing it? You know, I'm not sure because I've, ta I've talked and I coach a lot of people who are developing their abilities. I love to do that. And I think everybody's got their own unique story. Mm. But you got to remember, I'm a down-to-earth Nevada cowgirl. Mm -hmm. I'm out there shoveling manure every morning. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can't get much more down-to-earth right. than that. And what happened to me is hearing that nonverbal child and then having it confirmed and then somebody going, well, all animals are telepathic. That was news to me. Mm -hmm. And so that really did cause me to have an opening. But then the suggestion of learning to communicate with the horses, because all horses are and animals are telepathic, that was a godsend. I mean, thank goodness that woman was there helping me. I never would have thought anything about right. it. You know, that this is something big that just happened. You heard a nonverbal child, you had it confirmed and let's go with mm -hmm. it, you know, do other things mm -hmm. with it. I never would have made that connection. I, I wouldn't mm -hmm. have, you know, and it was really funny. You know how the universe works to always support mm -hmm. you. I was in a marriage with an alcoholic who his whole response to all of this is, that's nice, dear. Did you make money? <laughs> <laughs> and if you had, if you had your loved one come home and go, I'm hearing voices. 
oh god i'm hearing voices wouldn't you want to get him psychiatric help? <laughs> you know? instead of going did you make money with you know doing it? right <laughs> that was pretty funny but his lack of care his lack of interest allowed me to just soar with mm, it interesting. well hey everything you know, happens for a reason yeah and then there were always horses coming in for training and he would say, oh, come to, come talk to this horse. Tell me what's wrong with this horse. Thank God, most of the time they needed chiropractic. That was it. Oh, yeah. Huh. Oh, my God. They were dangerous because they were in so much pain. Saddle that didn't fit. Mm. That was it. it. It made his training so easy. Hmm. Yeah. Because we'd get the chiro- chiropractor out there. I have a horse question for you. Yes, ma'am. Because you talked about the whole chiropractor and horses, and I'm a, a big believer in chiropractic treatments. I think they're very important to keep the energy flowing through the body properly. I've had an experience with a couple of horses. I've been told that some horses don't even like to be ridden. Have you come across that? But then I have found horses that were like missing being ridden because they love the companionship and the partnership between the rider. Victoria, that is such a good question. And I just worked with a client on this. I just worked with a client on this because she had had a horse, sold the horse, went and bought the horse again. And it was a freaking rescue mm. now. And that was her impression is horses don't like to be ridden. And I told her, I said, horses don't like to be in pain. Yeah. And most people are clueless that their horse is in so much pain and they're still asking it to do a job. Mm. They're not designed by nature to be ridden or carry weight or, or ram and jam and do all the things that we ask them to do. So they must have regular chiropractic. And then I highly recommend AccuScope, which is microcurrent therapy. Mm -hmm. The combination of the two, oh my goodness, it fixes so many behavior problems with horses. It really does. And and I talk to other horses that are like, you know, get on, sit down, shut up and hang Mm -hmm. on. Yeah. You know, we always talk about on this podcast on a radio show that animals are an individual. Every animal is going to have a different view of the world, different expectations. They're going to have different wants, different needs, different passions. And I think that extends to these working animals, you know, cows and and horses and pigs and all of these animals that, well, maybe not pigs so much as a working animal, but there are some cows that don't milk me. I don't, I don't want that. I just want to live my life, you know? And, and I haven't found that. Really? I have not found that to me. It depends on how they're being treated. Yeah. On that well, Yeah. I, I'm a hundred percent on board with that. I mean, I've seen those, those wonderful dairies where everything's mechanized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't move the cows into the milking parlor and move them all out. The cow, when it feels like it needs to be milked, goes in and, yeah. and is milked. Everything's robotic. Oh, well, maybe it's maybe so, it's more like they don't want to be forced to do it. Maybe that's what I'm getting. There's no forcing, especially with that. Yeah. No, it's all robotic. You know, when their udder gets full, it, that's pressure. And they're going to go, oh my God. I but they don't have milked. any babies anymore. They still have to have babies. Well, I know they have to have them, but the, those babies get taken away. I lived on right, a dairy but, farm and it was, it was, just knowing that the mother has maybe a month with the baby and then the baby is taken away so the mother can be a milk cow. The other thing that's that's important to remember about that is that the cows have been bred to not have an attachment to babies. Mm, okay, that's they've good been, to know. They've been selected for not having maternal attachment. Mm. Ah, I never knew that. Mm. Yeah, because a lot of them, they clean, the, they clean the baby up and walk away and 
They're really back eating. I didn't know Interesting. that. Well, that just makes sense. Yeah, well, you see those videos of, you know, some of these animal rights advocates show up of the cow that mourning the loss of their child and stuff like that. And I think there's probably the maybe, time. yeah, not all the time. I think it's an individual thing. Hmm. Like right. maybe there is, you know, if we're all made of the same stuff and we all are basically the, the same on a soul level, that maybe some things hang on and other things are like, nope, I'm in this body now. I don't need it. Kind of that type of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It really just depends on, on how they're treated. Do they have pain? Mm-hmm. You know, it's our responsibility to caretake the animals yes. and, and to do the absolute best for them. My vet bill last week was $800 for meds. Oh, wow. Oh my goodness. For meds. Mm. That's it. Never saw the vet. And it was like, Holy crap. Well, I've got a Cushing's horse and so I didn't have to be on all this stuff. And I just rolled my eyes and I thought, oh my goodness, thank God. I am so blessed that I can afford this. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that, and it lasts three months. It lasts three months. So I'm not complaining. Yeah. Hmm. but it's our responsibility to take care of them. They're, they're such amazing creatures and they give us so mm-hmm. much. I mean, their main thing with us is to teach us unconditional love. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And we just don't get mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I've been, time. I've been given, you know, we, we also have the thing we talk about on our show. I don't know what it is, but animals with special needs or medical issues, they just seem to find me. I, I well, guess you it's probably because, can afford, you can afford a medical. Well, I don't know if we can afford it, but I think I have the ability to handle yeah. the stresses that come along with having an animal that's ill or an animal yeah. that may not be ill visually, but needs a little bit of extra care. I've had many cats with cancer and I have the, the constitution, I guess is the word to be able to do the hospice care and do the things that the animals need to be able to step outside of myself to give them what they need. And I have a feeling that's why the animals that need that are drawn to me. I think we're always matches made in heaven. Yeah. (laughs) It gets expensive though, but it does. You're preaching to the choir here. I know. (laughs) It's amazing, but it works. Yeah, it just works. Mm -hmm. But I just really want to encourage everybody that you can learn to do animal communication. I even have clients that I have trained. I I hate that word, encouraged, coached. Those are better words because they already had the abilities. They just needed Mm -hmm. to hone Mm -hmm. them. And they're making a living as animal communicators. And that just Twitter pays me. I just love that. <laughs> because it's like spreading the gospel of animal communication. I love it. Me, I love right? it. Yeah. Yeah. That that we can all do it. Yeah. The more we can communicate with animals, the I think the better life they'll be able to have as long as people actually listen to what they're hearing. There's that aspect as well. It's not just knowing how to do it. It's actually like respecting and paying attention to what they're telling us. Right. And I think it's important too, to let the animal be who it is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had people say, does my dog like agility or obedience or fly ball? And I get from the animal um, sitting on the sofa, watching movies and eating popcorn. (laughs) And they'll say, but out of these things, which does it like the best? It's only doing it for you. Mm, It doesn't care. Only doing it for you because you get so happy and excited. (laughs) But if this dog could choose its lifestyle, it's sofa, popcorn, movies. Mm. That's the dog (laughs) Mm -hmm. wants. You know, just like you can see the clients just being crestfallen. But, but, you know, I want to hear what I want to (laughs) hear. Not what you're going to tell me. And animals don't mince words. No. (laughs) The only thing they lie about is treats. Yes. 
That's the only thing animals lie about is treats. They do. Yep. It's pretty funny. <laughs> lie in what sense? They're not truthful. You know, they'll say, I haven't had any. Oh, I yeah. see. Okay. I just gave you some. No, oh, no. Okay. No, <laughs> I haven't had any. My husband and I will be out there feeding the horses in the morning and we always have one horse loose and you can hear the horse going, but I need treats. And he'll, t- I can hear him. He goes, I just gave you some. And the horse is going, stop living in the past. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, they're funny. They're so funny. They're so demanding because, especially because they know I can hear them. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I had to, I had to do this little bit of pressure on a horse because she was trying to get away from being sprayed for flies. And so I just did this thing with the body language where, you know, it was pressure and release. And she went, you know how to do that? It was so funny. <laughs> like I'm some yahoo that has no experience with horses. And when I did that, you know, I was countering her moves. She was like, oh my God, I didn't know you knew how to do that. <laughs> it was just really funny. I actually had a cat say FOMO to me. I'm like, what? Where did you oh, learn yeah. that? <laughs> that yeah. was the reason why she didn't want her claws clipped because yep. of FOMO. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> you are so silly. <laughs> yep. Not much gets past them, really. <laughs> no, no. They absorb everything from our mm, world. Yeah, yeah, they do. They're such such teachers and healers. I just love it. It's an, To me, it's an honor to be able to own animals. It's an mm-hmm. honor and a privilege to be able to have them in your life. Mm, yeah. And I just want to do the absolute best for them that I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I'm a big believer that animals choose us. Even I if you go ways. to the rest, even you intentionally go to an adoption center to adopt an animal, the animal you eventually choose is the animal that chose you. Right. I agree. I've had that happen where I, you know, you wanted that one, but that one over there, you're really drawn to it. And you just think, no, I, I got to have that one. Right. Yeah, it happens. I don't know if that works quite the same way when it's a child and a parent, because when I was growing up, I remember going to the Humane Society and I think I was looking at an older cat that I was attracted to. And my mom didn't want to go with that. She wanted to go with a kitten. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but you know, sometimes you get overruled. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if the kitten chose us or not. Maybe it was a case of both would have been choosing us. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think, you know, the only rule with all of this is with God, all things are possible. Right. Yeah. So, you know, you can put 10 spirits in one body and one spirit in 10 bodies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we just have to remember that. I mean, I, one of my horses, my friend Linda, who died, walked into, she changed over overnight so she does zippers and velcro in your sleeves and gives you a facial and when she's done eating she picks up her dish and hands it to you Mm. i mean that's weird stuff and she changed overnight Mm. i even had linda's mom out here who's in her 90s i think she's like 96 now and we had her in the golf cart because she's a little wobbly and we brought duchess over to her and she you know you can't do this and she just throws her arms around duchess's head duchess didn't move and i mean if she flipped her head up she could have broken elizabeth's nose right oh wow and yeah, uh, that's cool though duchess did not move mm. and elizabeth held her and cried mm. and linda's brother was there and i said am i nuts or you guys feel her in there and they went no she's in there for sure mm. they yeah. both bawled because there here's this weird reincarnation of, of sister and daughter mm. so i had confirmation of it i had felt it but they confirmed it it was so weird that's so beautiful yeah and i wish people would pay more attention because if they did they would probably mm-hmm. see that a lot more. oh gosh yeah 
Well, you know what? I really think a lot of people that are in psych wards are walk-ins. Hmm. Oh yeah, I would hmm. agree with that. And if, if someone would listen to them and go, they're not crazy, they're intuitive. Mm -hmm. Somebody's walked into them. Let's see who the other spirit is that's walked in and see if we can either get them to leave or get them to just be quiet and just stay there. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there's, there's a mixture of our conditioning from what we've been taught in the past, as well as the other aspects of science that's not physics that we say, oh, well, there's no proof of that. There's no scientific proof that this could happen. So it couldn't be true. Or, you know, all these conditioned beliefs of how things should or should not be. And it really skews our perceptions of things and blocks us from being able to see things in a different way. Yeah. And I think we just have to be more open-minded and opened if we receive information that seems weird or whatever, we just have to accept it, mm -hmm. try and research it to try to get uh, validation for mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. But I think the more we look at this as a science, you know, animal communication, that all we're doing is picking up on energies, frequencies, and vibrations. You know, the more that we're doing that, the more we're going to be able to do it. Yeah. And it, it's really funny too. I, I talk with a lot of people about starting to listen to their guides. Mm. And, and I just tell them the first time you think you hear them, give thanks for it. Say, thank you. I hear you. And then it starts getting louder and more often. Thank you. I hear you. Mm. And you know, they're fist pumping on the other side going, okay, mine's listening now. <laughs> Finally, mine is listening. And I always tell people that's guides. It is never angels. Angels swoop in, save your hiney, and they're gone. Mm. And guides are 24-7. They're always there for you. Oh, okay. They're always there for you. And we all have many guides. Mine are hilarious. I have a gay guy guide <laughs> who dresses me, tells me what to wear. <laughs> He's a, he's a, he's a crack up. I have a, a woman with a Minnesota accent who helps me with chores and things, tells me how to cook and, you know, how to make things. And, you know, they're, they're just all different with, and I think they're aspects of our own personality on the other side, hmm. you know, that's our connection to the other side, hmm. but it's pretty fun. It's really fun. And, and it's freaking hilarious for me because I go in the kitchen, I hear, oh, yeah, yeah. What are you going to make today? <laughs> It's just fun. Oh, I love it. It's just fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. You always hear that. It's always entertaining. I want one of those t-shirts that says you're just jealous because the voices are talking to me. <laughs> I actually have just in the other room. I haven't put it on my car. I don't know. I, I think it's because I'm afraid to break it. Um, like if somebody rends me or whatever, it is a license plate holder that says exactly <laughs> that. I had it on my car beforehand. And that car actually flipped over. And I'm like, that was the first thing I took off the car. I'm like, I want my license. Oh my God, that's hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, you're just jealous of the boy yeah. talking yeah. to me. But we, we all have them. As long as they're positive and encouraging, they're never critical. If they're critical, don't listen. That's, that's your internal yeah. evilness, you know, trying to. Or a chaos maker yeah. that is trying to jump in and hijack yep, your experience. Yep. But I just only pay attention to the positive. And I think it's important for people that do this intuitive work. You've got to have discernment. You have to be able to tell the difference between positive and negative energy. That's all we got is positive and negative. Yeah, There's nothing in between. And so if you're listening to the positive energy and sharing that information, you're going to just have a wonderful benefit. But if you're paying attention to the negative, you're just going to get sucked down that rabbit hole. <laughs> Yeah. Discernment yes. is the key. And that goes for everything from humans oh, yeah. to animals. It's always yes. question. And if somebody tells you something, yep. you question it. 
until you get the confirmation mm-hmm. that, okay, yeah. they're right. Okay. I'll yeah. go that direction. Oh, that's what the animal needs. Okay. That's what she's talking about when she talks about her pink toy. Right. You know, remember, <laughs> I always, I always crack up when an animal communicator says they're looking for their blue ball. And I go, uh, they're colorblind. Mm-hmm. Hello. <laughs> they don't know from blue ball. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I hear it all the time. Oh my goodness. You know, that they're just, they're making stuff up. Yeah. Or they're saying he's looking for the ball and they just got an intuitive hit that uh, from the human. That well, maybe. Good. Yeah, that is possible. That is possible. Yeah. But so many times you can tell they're just making stuff hmm. up. You just want to I roll know. your eyes at it. Discernment. Yeah. Discernment. It's the key. It's how I live Absolutely. my life. <laughs> Absolutely. You mentioned about animals can teach us about unconditional love if we open ourselves to it. But you also, I don't know if that's what you feel that they want us to know, or is there something else that they also want us to know about? You know, I think it really depends on the individual, but I I think their main role is teaching us unconditional love Mm -hmm. because they, they love us no matter how we look, no matter how we smell, you know, no matter what we're doing, Mm -hmm. they don't care what car we drive, where, what house we live in. They don't care. They love us no matter what. So I think it's really important for them to teach us that and for us to accept Mm -hmm. it and unconditionally love ourselves. But as far as the individuals, a lot of them have other agendas. Mm. (laughs) And I love that word because that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's how many times can I get you to go to the park or Mm -hmm. doggy daycare or, you know, those things that we've exposed them to that they absolutely love. And they're great manipulators to get us to do that stuff. Mm. They really are. (laughs) So it's like, I love you unconditionally, but can we go to the dog park now? (laughs) The one thing that I really hate is those stupid floor buttons. Have you guys seen those where people are, they think they're teaching their animals to communicate with those talking buttons. Mm. But the dog is learning. Wait a minute. Oh, she only gets it this way. So I got to speak like this or she's not going to get it. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. If you really look at this and it's purest sense, it's operant conditioning. Uh It's operant conditioning. But it isn't the humans training the animals. animals It's the animals training the humans. are they not getting that Hmm. it's like oh my god i think that's the preconceived notion that we humans think that we're better and greater and more intelligent than they when i think it's just the opposite yeah i mean the dog is going to slams on treat 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 five times you just had one yeah i know what i need another one (laughs) you know they've got it totally wrong yeah here's the thing that i just shake my head at it the animals are intuitive us humans are intuitive why not just turn your switch back on and learn to communicate the way that they do? What happens if you're out somewhere and the dog has to tell you something and there's no freaking buttons? Mm, yep. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. I, I just, we we oh. all need to watch Lassie again. <laughs> what? Jimmy fell in the well? Okay, exactly. Lassie, show me. <laughs> We always say that. We always say that here because one of the dogs will come up and go cry at us or something. And that's what we respond with. Oh, Timmy fell in the well. Mm. We know what they want, but we just say, oh, Timmy fell in the well. (laughs) Oh God, it's silly. (laughs) But God, I hate those buttons. Every time I look at it, I just think you idiots. I'm sorry. I'm usually not a judgmental person, but they're not getting that the animals are training them. I know. I know. I know. God. But you know what? It's like the animals like, oh man, my human is stupid. I have to do this. There's a title. 
There's the title. My human is stupid. <laughs> My human doesn't listen. Probably right? wouldn't get a lot I of humans it. to buy a book. <laughs> yeah, right. Make AI my human smarter, right? Make my human smarter. Yeah. God. A book in the perspective of the dog. Yeah, it needs yeah. to be. It really needs to I be. I love it. Mm. But animal communication <laughs> is so easy once you start doing it. And I, of course, I've been at it 32 years. And so I hear stuff from all animals everywhere. Mm-hmm. So if, and, and I hear the human stuff too. So if I go out in public, I look, look like I have poor self-esteem. I never make eye contact. The eyes are yeah. down. Because <laughs> if I make eye contact, I know everything about them. Oh, yeah. And I don't need that information. No, thank you. <laughs> oh, I have exciting news. I'm in a series. Oh, really? I'm in a series this fall. I think I can tell you it's on Peacock, but I can't say anything else about it. Okay, so we'll have to keep an eye out. Yeah, but my readings are in it. Nice. My readings are Congratulations. in it. Oh, Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty exciting. And then I'm hoping that the production company wants to do my show too. We'll see. We'll see what happens. What is your show? I'm trying to get my own show. Yeah. Oh, you're trying to get, okay. I thought you already had one. Yeah. Okay. No, uh-uh. <laughs> no. And it'll be really fun because it'll be a mix of everything that I do. Oh, so we start okay. with the animals, pivot to the humans. and help the humans with their issues I love it help the animals with theirs oh yeah it's it's really fun because there's so many times I do a reading we start off with animals and then it's oh guidance says you need help with and then we're on a totally different tangent right so it's pretty much how they go Mm -hmm. yeah I think that would be awesome I mean there's other I don't know if there's any other kind of animal communicator shows I'm not a big tv watcher myself so I don't really know but me me either (laughs) no I can't stand any violence so but the only thing I can watch is demolition on a home improvement show (laughs) that's the most violence I can handle yeah so it leaves out an awful lot of stuff yeah yeah but you know you think about how important animals are and what's the industry is it 78 billion a year or something in the U.S. it's a huge amount it's ridiculous yeah yeah and and so many people have animals mm-hmm. and their animals are like their whole life. Mm-hmm. And, and I just want to enhance that. I want to, I want to be able to enhance yeah. those relationships, enhance that communication and, you know, give opportunities for healing for the animals to feel better. That's what I want to contribute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think, well, I don't know. I think maybe we could have a perhaps much happier society if everybody could communicate more with animals i mean there's always going to probably be some people who are going to be caught up in their stuff ego yeah. ego <laughs> there you go ego ego means easing god out yeah yep. so yeah you're, you're always going to have people and i know people that talk to their animals all the time and they have these two-way conversations and they they say what they think the animal is saying and i've watched some of those going uh no, no, mm. that's not what's going on here. Mm. You know, really. And one of the other things too, it's so devastating to us when we lose an animal, when we have to euthanize. And euthanasia for them is a gas. It's incredible. Really? They get joy gasms as their spirit leaves their body. It's a it's a gas. Wow. And it's so <laughs> terrifying for us. And we hate doing it, mm-hmm. you know, even when the animal is suffering. And I think if people understood the animals pop out of their body, do the wet dog shake and the party's on mm-hmm. and that they're going to go find a new form and come back, I think it would, it would heal a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know, it, it would help them and heal a lot of them. Well, humans have so many attachments and yeah. 
because we have those attachments, we end up suffering and we want things to be a certain way. And we want certain people in our life and all of these different things. And when things change, because that's pretty much the only thing that's constant is change. (laughs) It's so hard for most of us to accept that. Right. It's very interesting, but as humans, there's two things that we have to have in order to survive and thrive Mm -hmm. and it's flexibility and resilience. Mm -hmm. If we don't have those two things, we get diseases and die. Mm -hmm. Yep. We we do. It's that simple. Mm -hmm. So we have to be able to do that with our relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think with our relationships with our animals that pass, I think we, well, we project as humans. That's just what we do. We project to everything mm-hmm. onto everything. And we project those attachments that we carry onto the animals. Mm-hmm. Sure. When the animals, they're not attached and they're not missing you to the point that you think they're missing you. Right. They understand the concept of life and death and they will choose to come back, but they can also choose to carry on their soul's journey. They're not so attached, but they love. Mm, And I think a lot of people need to realize that, you know, when you have an animal that passes away, oh, my, my animals, my cat's spirit jumped on the couch with me the other day. Well, yeah, they probably did because they chose to come in and say hi, but that doesn't mean they're there all the time. Mm -hmm. Right. They're not attached to you. They love you. And they're saying, hi, I'm here. I think that love is an energetic attachment. I really do. I think it's the strongest energy in the universe and and not to go against what you were sharing, but our animals want to come back in physical form to be with us to continue that relationship and continue opportunities for growth. Mm. So they always want to try to come back. Mm. And again, 10 spirits can go in one body, one spirit can go in 10 bodies. Mm -hmm. There's no Mm -hmm. limits to it. Sorry, if you hear stuff, my cat has decided that you're not paying attention to me. So I'm going to create my puzzle and bring my toy to the door and chase it from one side of the door to the other side of the door. It's not coming through, but it's really fun to watch. <laughs> we, just, we, we were just pet sitting a puppy, an eight month old puppy. And it's a Corgi mini Aussie cross. Oh my just, goodness. So oh cute. God, she's so adorable. And my other dog is 15 and a half. Mm. And she would get the zoomies. <laughs> and my old dog was just like, what the heck is going on? What is the matter with that dog? <laughs> she doesn't remember that she used to get the zoomies. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I love it when animals get the zoomies. The one thing that I've noticed with my two cats, well, Frankie passed away in September, but Maisie, who's still with us, when they get happy, that's when they zoom. When she knows that mommy is closing up the office and going to bed, she will start running around the house like crazy because she's happy that mommy's done working. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And then they get some attention. Her little playing right now that she's doing is because she is making her presence known that she doesn't want me to be (laughs) working anymore. (laughs) Yeah, they're just amazing. Our lives are so enriched by our animals, what they teach us, what they teach us about ourselves and just what they contribute to the richness of our lives. It's just incredible. Mm. Yeah. I could never imagine a life as full as it is now without animals. I just don't think it's possible. They give you such purpose too. I mean, I have to get up every morning at six Mm -hmm. o'clock, whether I want to or not, (laughs) because those horses are out there screaming and banging and, you know, I'm sure my neighbors love it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But of course, you know, we've got burrows all over the neighborhood. I'm in a very rural area and there's burrows all over the neighborhood braying. And that usually starts about four along with all the roosters. Oh my goodness. That usually starts about 435. Oh wow. So I went down to Burbank to be in that series 
And, you know, everybody's going, so you like it here? I go, no, it's too quiet. And I go, what? I said, no, there's no roosters and no burrows, no horses yelling. It's just too quiet here. And they were laughing. They go, you live on a farm? No, well, I just have a couple acres, you know. Yeah. It's just too quiet. I got to sleep into eight o'clock. Oh, <laughs> special oh my day. God, I forgot what that's like. <laughs> I'm blessed because my cats tend to live their lives on my schedule. Oh, that's nice. I guess I'm naturally on a feline schedule. When she was a kitten, their big nap time, their like six hour nap time happened when I was working. Then they were up so we can do our thing. And then their next big nap time was when I decided to go to bed. Oh, that's good. It was so natural. There was no forcing. They don't wake me up to eat early. Of course, my cats are not food motivated mostly, but it's just a natural flow in yeah, this house. It's great. It's great when it works out that way. Yeah. I love it because I am not a morning person and she doesn't, <laughs> she does I mean, they don't even want food until like three in the afternoon. So if they do want food, so that's like, really nice, but they also want it at 3 a.m. too. So. Oh no, that's not, nice. that's not I nice. mean, I'm still, I'm still awake though. I mean, that's at the end of my work day. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I keep farmer's hours. Yeah, that's my husband too. <laughs> He's up at four o'clock in the morning, whether he wants it or not. Yeah. <laughs> I just have one uh, other question I wanted to ask. And it's connected to what we were talking about before about how we could project our emotions and that on animals. And I was just wondering what your experience was with animals who have been diagnosed with depression or something like that, because one of the other animals in the household had passed away or one of the other humans in the household had passed away or something like that. Do you feel that they actually do grieve that? Or do you believe that maybe it's more that it's the humans that are sort of projecting more of those emotions onto them? I have found that animals do grieve. Okay. I mean, period. They, they do, but they just do it in different ways. And I would say that they do it for shorter periods of time. Mm. You know, we, we have a tendency to really masticate it in our brain and they're gone. I'll never see them again. I miss them right. or they're gone. I'll never see them again. You know, we just sort of do those broken records in our heads mm -hmm. instead of thinking about all the fun things we did and all the happy times we had, mm -hmm. you know, we just think I'll never see them again. I'll never hear their voice again. You know, we, we really just, you know, dig ourselves a big grief hole. Mm -hmm. And I think animals are much more clear about it. It's mm -hmm. like, well, you know, my buddy's gone. I'm thinking about my dog and she went two days without wanting to eat. We kind of forced her, but she went two days not wanting to mm. eat after our other dog. He, he died in uh, April mm. and they'd only been together two years, oh. but they were mm -hmm. just, he was 16, mm -hmm. like 16, 16 and a half. And um, he was fine, fine, fine. Zoomies running around and then woke up neurological one day. Mm. And it was like, no, nope, that's it. We're done. Wow. Yeah. You know, he made the decision for us very easy, mm -hmm. but she just grieved a couple days and then she was back to her normal self. So we just have to respect it. If they're grieving, kind of distract them, do fun stuff, mm -hmm. you know, take them where they like to go, you know, you know, on adventures and things mm -hmm. Yeah, and just sort of distract them. And, and then they realize, you know, my life's still good. It's still good. I like my human. Right. Yeah. I had a different experience. Uh, I think there was, she probably grieved a little bit, but when Maisie's brother died, they were a blood brother and sister. So they were, they've only known each other their whole lives. But when Frankie 
got sick and it went really fast. They had a conversation and she didn't, speaking of which, <laughs> you may hear the meowing, um, but I saw them have conversations. Like she would walk over to where he was and it was almost like he was telling her that what was going on and whatever. And, and she never had the quote unquote grieving period. And they were attached at the hip. Uh-huh. They were so attached to each other. And I was really concerned. But as Frankie was dying, he ended up with leukemia. And as he was dying in those two weeks, they had at least two conversations that I witnessed. And she mm-hmm. was totally fine when he was gone. Like she may look at the, where he was staying in the little crate for a while. Like she would pass by and look in, but then she'd go and do her regular things. Mm-hmm. It was such an interesting experience for me to witness. Yeah, but I think Victoria, I think your cat was seeing him in his non-physical form. Probably. So that's why she wasn't grieving because she felt like he was still there. Mm. Yeah. And he did hang around for a little bit because my yeah. husband really had a hard time because he only made it to two years old. Like, he, oh, I mean, geez. he was, yeah, they were both feeling leukemia virus positive and they were both really healthy. And then all of a sudden he woke up neurologically and he right. stopped eating and whatever. And it was one of those things that it was just really quick and it was it was hard to process for us humans sure. as Maisie keeps walking around me I don't know I guess she knows I'm talking about her and her brother but yeah it was it was just a it was a credible thing to witness the connection yeah. to them and them talking and saying goodbye it's almost Frankie's like you know we'll be okay and Maisie's like oh yeah I know we'll be okay and to this day we're probably not going to get a second cat because she's totally happy by herself and right. I think Frankie set her up for that Frankie could have walked into her too. Could be. I mean, she he doesn't could, really have any of his personality. Traits, yeah, but he but, could he could still be in there too. Yeah. And that's why she doesn't miss him because he's part of her. That's a really good thing. Yeah. I may have to bring that to my husband because he still has a hard time because Frankie yeah, we, was his cat. Yeah, but they do know. walk-ins all the time. Yeah. Hmm. You know, we just, we just don't realize it. The other thing too, that's really hard for animals is they don't know they can be euthanized. Hmm. They don't know they have hmm. a choice. Hmm. And and I, I have a lot of people tell me, well, they weren't ready. Well, how do you know? Hmm. You know, if they're mm-hmm. suffering, they're ready. Trust right. me. It's more like, and, and a lot of people, <laughs> they keep their animals alive way past when they should have, because they can't let go. Yeah. And I think it's really important yeah. to understand your job is to alleviate suffering. Yes. And if your animal is suffering, you need to euthanize them. I see people with dogs that move funny because of a neurological problem and they think that's fine. And I'm thinking, oh my God, and that animal's suffering. You know, animals that have to go into wheelchairs. I do not agree with that. You know, they're keeping mm-hmm. them, that spirit in that body alive. And I haven't talked to a lot of dogs in wheelchairs that are happy. Really? Because everything has to be done for them. They poop on themselves. They pee on themselves. Yeah. And it's degrading for them because, you know, at some point they really tried to get house trained. Hmm. And to them, they feel like this dirty failure. Yeah. And if, and if we realize if we euthanize them, we free that spirit. And when that spirit goes to the other side, it will be whole. Yeah. And it can then come back and find a new physical form that is perfect yeah. and so it just it, it just i oh, it's just one of my hot buttons yeah i think this is where the conversation of free will comes in because you know who knows maybe they're just like some humans are like yeah i can't do this but i like my life so i'm gonna 
I'm, I'm going to have the experiences. And I think animals do that too. But I also, like you said, we hang on too long. Yes. What I've done since I've had a lot of sick cats in my life and I've had a lot of cancers and whatever. And I tell people all the time on the show, I'm like, you have to have a conversation with your animal because they'll get your energy. And I've had conversations. I've had conversations where I said, like, when you are ready, when you don't want to be here anymore, you let me know and I will do what I need to do Mm, Right, because you are the boss of you. And I have had cats that like, literally they will look at me and say, I'm done. And we're at the vet. But they don't know how they can leave their body. That's why. Yeah. Well, that's where the conversation comes in. Yeah. But they still don't get it. And I have to explain it to them that, okay, so you're in pain and you're, you're not good. So what we're going to do is we're just going to give you a shot and you'll go to sleep and then you'll fly out of your body and Mm -hmm. they get that. They get that. Hmm. And uh, then you can come back and and, uh, hopefully I'm in a situation where I can, you know, have them again or they find me. Yeah. I had one cat that actually said he wanted to do it himself. He wanted to what? He wanted to do it himself. Yeah. He wanted to pass away on his own. So I had that conversation with him and I had a friend helping me and we were being very transparent with him and letting him know that, you know, he's the boss, whatever he wants. And that was what he wanted. He wanted to do it on his own, but he got scared right at the end because he didn't think he could do it on his own. So he got scared and he was holding on a little bit longer, but it was literally within half an hour of him realizing that he can't do it. He, right. he eventually, you know, with my support and the sword of my friend, he was able to find the strength and, and exit his body yeah. when he chose. What happens at the end for them is things like they can't breathe or, yeah. you know, they can't get oxygen or they have some sort of problem where they start seizuring. Yeah. And those things are all terrifying and terrifying ways for them to go. Yeah. And I think that's why, you know, when I can, I have no problem choosing euthanasia. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had people that have had animals with like uh, spleen cancer mm. and they go, no, we're just going to let them go on their own. I go, okay, here, here's how it's going to go. And I tell them about hemorrhaging yeah. and blood pressure loss and bleeding out their mouth and their anus and seizuring. Is that what you really what you want to see and what you want to have? Yeah. And, and because they have no clue how a dog with spleen cancer is going to die. Yeah, they don't know. No, because they've never, and I've experienced it with my clients before. So I think explaining to them this is what's going to happen. Is that what you want? Or do you want just an injection and they go to sleep? And so it really encourages them to choose a way where the animal is peaceful, not struggling, and they can just leave peacefully too. Mm-hmm. It's a peaceful transition. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I think euthanasia is one of the most kind. Yeah, it is kind. Yeah, kind. But I think it's it is the greatest gift we can give to our animal. I think so too. Mm. I just had to do it with Charlie mm. and it was hard, but God, he sure, he was fantastic up until the last morning mm. Yeah, and racing around and going out there and eating horse shit and hoof trimmings yeah. and just having a blast. You know, he was a ranch dog and we had no choice. We just absolutely had no choice with him being neurological. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to keep a dog alive if it's neurological. Yeah. yeah. Going back to the dogs in wheelchairs, I haven't really seen it done with other animals particularly, but I've seen a few videos where the dogs appear to be like just really happy that the wheelchair is giving them the ability to run again. It and gives them mobility, sure. I mean, I don't know body language 100%, but they certainly 
appear in these videos like they are happy. Right. And I agree with you, especially when, you know, there's a whole bunch of them and they're tearing off and everything. But if they fall and the wheelchair falls over, that look of desperation on their face, yeah. it's gut-wrenching to me. Mm. And they do fall over. Mm -hmm. They do fall over. Right. And they have to be taken out of it in order to sleep. And once they're out of it, then they're going to poop and pee all over themselves because if they have any kind of a spinal cord problem, they're not going to have bladder and bowel control. Mm. And it's humiliating for them. And people just don't realize it. Right. It's humiliating. Yeah. It's the same thing you get with adults that lose control right. and have to wear mm -hmm. diapers. Right. Same thing. There was a dog that I had seen a video on. I'm not exactly sure the details of what had gone on with this dog. But mm -hmm. basically, they had removed the entire back end of the dog. They amputated the, the legs and, and everything. And he was basically moving around just on his front legs. That one, I, I would agree with. I saw that dog. Oh, okay. And it was basically a two-legged dog. Yeah. And he could still go wherever he wanted to go mm -hmm. and do whatever he wanted to do. Right. I don't know about the bladder and bowel control. Right. Because I, I, I don't have don't have any knowledge of it. That dog was fine. Yeah. That's but that's a totally different case. Mm -hmm. I'm a big believer in the the triad of whether you euthanize your animal or not. And if one of them goes the chances of them being happy is very slim. And that is being able to feed itself, being able to get enough water and being able to go to the bathroom on its own. And if those three things are not there, then the animal is suffering. I agree with you. I think those are great, great things to look at. You know, about the time you get to the point where you have to give an animal subcutaneous fluids, those needles are humongous. They hate it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they feel better once they, you know, get their fluid levels back up, but they really hate that whole process. They really do. Yeah. And uh, there's other things you can do when they're in kidney failure, like giving them injections of glutathione. Those are tiny needles. They're subcutaneous. You know, you're done in a minute or less. So glutathione is a great alternative and it really can help return kidney function. And, and vets don't use it. That's good to know because sure. as I said before, I have been, I guess, blessed. <laughs> I've been blessed right. with a lot of animals that have had kidney issues. Yeah. Glutathione. glutathione. It's a mega antioxidant. Mm. Good to know. And uh, it can do wonders. Your vet has to order it for you, but then you can do the injections. There's those little teeny tiny needles. They don't even know. Mm. You know, if you pinch them, they don't even hear, feel it. Yeah. So I've done the sub-Q fluids often. We even still have the little hook in, in my living room where we would put the bag up. I hate it. I mean, it helps for the temporary. Right. But I don't think it helps for the, you know, the long-term. Right. That's like mm -hmm. my last resort, giving them fluids just so they are a little bit more comfortable and they can still do what they want to do until they're ready to go. Mm -hmm. But that glutathione, I think I'm going to keep that kind of in my back pocket because I, I would prefer to do something like that because they don't really like the fluids. And like, yeah. yes, it goes into the skin and yes, it heals quickly, blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. You're still sticking an 18 gauge needle in the back of a cat. That's what I mean. <laughs> and these are the, the ones that give the glutathione. They're, they're tiny. Yeah. They're tiny. They're, I think they're similar to diabetic needles. Oh mm -hmm. yeah. And they barely feel that. Right. Mm -hmm. Good to know. You know, having a cat or a dog that's diabetic and, and doing injections, that's such a piece of cake. Oh yeah. You know, <laughs> it's nothing. You give them quality, you give them longevity. It's great. It's easy peasy. So I think we have to pick and choose what 
modalities we're going to use and medical intervention we're going to use to keep our animals not just alive but thriving and, and I think that's what we have to be looking for. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's what we really like to focus on in our show is what can we do to help the animals thrive and not just survive? Yeah, because right. there's, I think, a lot of misunderstanding around that. A lot of people just don't really know if what they're doing is enough, if there's more that they can do, or even if they're willing to do it to help their animals have a better life. Yeah. Now with, with the States that have, well, I don't even know if it's just the States because it's, it's a hemp product. Some of the CDB products that are made from hemp. Oh my goodness. The pain relief, the calmness, they're just phenomenal, mm -hmm. you know, on real reasonable price. Mm -hmm. I'm in Nevada and you know, we've got dispensaries everywhere, but they have whole sections in there for animals. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. Mm -hmm. I actually have a bottle below my desk right now that we've I'm we purchased one right here. Yeah, we purchased it for Frankie. Unfortunately, Frankie passed away before we could even open it. But it's there, and yeah. and I'm glad I have it there. It's unopened. So if Maisie has any issues, which she luckily, thankfully, has not had any, she's extremely healthy outside of you know having the virus in her. But right, yeah, no, I big believer in that because it really could help, especially with pain. Mm. Oh my goodness, and yes. and digestive things. I think it really helps with digestive issues. Yep. Mm. We've always used uh, Platinum Performance. I, I'm not doing a commercial, but we've had really good luck with Platinum Performance CJ when the dogs get older. It's really good for digestion and joints. Oh, good. So, so we've had a really good, you know, really good outcome with that. Mm -hmm. I like that. That's good information for our listeners. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that you would like our listeners to know about or that you'd like to share about yourself? Well, they can get me on my website. It's just www.terridayday.com. Mm -hmm. If you go there, you can sign up for a reading. You can sign up for the newsletter. And you can also check out the press kit. If you go to the press kit, which is in the upper right corner, there's tons of videos and podcasts and articles that I've been in. Mm -hmm. And so it gives you a real good overview of all of the ways that I can help if you need the help. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you can get my first book on my website too. I keep a stash here at the house. But all of the books are available on Amazon. The third one will be on probably in another, another week or so. Can you get the titles again? The first one is the, um, the cowgirl shaman way, seven easy steps to develop your intuitive ability. And that one teaches you how to do everything that I do. The second book is for first responders, caregivers, and medical personnel. And it's called intuitive communication, communicating with people that cannot. And of course we have only seven to 9 million people in the U S that fall under that category. Mm. And then the third one, which is coming out is called the physics of mediumship. And then the subtitle on the inside only <laughs> is called Cut the Boo Boo <laughs> I love and it. I'm working on my dog book, my dog communication. So I'm going to do dogs, horses, and then cats. Hmm. You know, cats are kind of at the bottom of the list because most cats train their humans really right. well. Right. So <laughs> yeah. This is yeah. Issue. So it was the least yeah. priority of the bunch. Oh, yeah. No, cats know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, they do. They do. <laughs> And I know that very well. And you yeah. obviously have seen it so long tonight. She yeah. wants me off the computer. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I'm going to write a couple of novels too, a couple of romance novels. One's a time travel one. Oh, cool. And oh, the other nice. one is, uh, uh, the other one has, it's a character who has the, my similar abilities and she ends up talking to aliens on 
Area 51. So it's pretty cool. Oh, I love it. <laughs> we have a friend who is a medium who writes novels about time travel and a gothic romance. Oh, yeah. It's really yeah. fun. And the, both of the books were given to me by guides mm. completely. I mean, it's mm-hmm. hey, write this down. Okay. And I start <laughs> writing and then channel writing and I'm I'm going, I have no idea what this is. What are we doing? It's like, it's a novel. You know what? We have to understand that our spiritual guides, and even if they're not your guides, if they know you can listen, they're going to give you stuff to say because they know more than our human limitations. Oh gosh, And yeah. they're going to send messages, whether it's nefarious or good, so always use discernment, but they're going to send messages that they think they can get through. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter yeah. who you are. Always, always. And I really want to stress too, that all of my books have a section on ethics. Mm. That's my hot button. Even if you get information and I'm getting information overwhelmed with information anytime I'm out in public, I will never go up to someone and tell them what I am seeing or getting for them. It is totally, totally unethical to do that. You don't know what kind of state they're in to receive that information. Mm -hmm. You know, so you never ambush people with readings ever. Mm. And there's other things in there about ethics and how to be ethical and, Mm -hmm. and to, you know, to just always, always be kind and always, you want the best and greatest good for your clients. Right. Yeah. And I think you always have to meet them where they are. Yeah. Even if it's over the phone. Yeah. You know, cause you may have been given information that they're not ready for. Exactly. It is not ethical to give somebody information that they're not ready. Even if they request it. Right. It's just not ethical. And what really frosts my pumpkin though, is when I'm given wrong information and I know it's wrong information and I'm supposed to share it. But Mm. every time that's happened, I have heard back from my clients telling me how that wrong information had the most wonderful outcome. Hmm, so now I don't question it when I get wrong information. <laughs> Isn't that bizarre? I'm really That's incredible. You know, when I get hits and I'm talking to somebody and they've asked me a couple of questions, I'll be like, oh, I don't know what this means. I'm just going to say it because I don't judge what it means. Right. You take it, you use it. Tell me if it resonates, if it hit you sure. in a certain way, but I don't understand why I'm just going to say it. Right. And so they know that I'm not going to sugarcoat anything, right. you know, but I'm also not going to. Like if some guy tells me, oh, they're going to die tomorrow. I'm like, I'm not going to say that to them. Oh God, you never tell people that. That's like ridiculous. No, you don't do that. You don't do that. That's completely unethical. I I had a client today and I saw the C word in something in his mouth where he was having a problem. I mean, I said, see, I saw the C word Mm. and he's going to see a surgeon. And I said, you know, it'd probably be helpful to have a biopsy and you can figure out what's going on in there because it's not Mm -hmm. an infection. That was it. Mm. That's all I said. And the whole time the guys are going, oh my God, he's got cancer in that salivary gland. And oh my God. And that's how, what I'm hearing in the back of my head. And then what comes out is all that nice, soft stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So it is. I've mentioned a lot of times, you know, when I've done assessments on animals, I'll get something. I don't get that clear. Sure. And I think but I do can. that on purpose. Like I don't, I, I could, but I don't think I want to, okay. or at least my higher self doesn't want to yet, but I'll get like a reading, like there's something in the hip and I'll just say, there's something going on here. I'm getting a kind of a wonky reading. Go to your vet, make sure you get it checked out because I don't know what it is. Could be nothing. You don't diagnose, you don't prescribe. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's the best way to do Mm -hmm. it. We have to remember we don't diagnose, we don't Mm -hmm. prescribe. Yes. 
Exactly. That's the vets. The vets exactly. do that. Well, this has been a fascinating conversation and we could probably talk all night, but <laughs> we need to respect your time, Terry J. Oh, I'm having fun. I love doing this. And the listener's time as well. So is there anything last minute that you would like to ask Miranda? No, I don't have any more questions, but keep us informed when things develop with uh, your TV shows. And yeah, when your books come out, you're welcome to be a guest again, if you have more that you would like to share different things to talk about. It'll be fun when the dog book comes out. Anytime this is really, it was really fun. We really covered the gambit of, of, in, of information. <laughs> I just really encourage people that you can do mm-hmm. it. Yeah. You can do animal communication. You can do veterinary intuition. You can become a medium for animals, which is so healing. Mm -hmm. And you can learn to do all of that with just with that first book, The Cowgirl Shaman Way, Seven Easy Steps to Develop Your Intuitive Ability. Mm -hmm. And like I said, you can get it on Amazon and you can also get, that's the only one you can get on my website. But all the other ones are available on Amazon too. So make sure you check that out and pick yourself up a copy. And And I love doing readings. I love doing readings. I do. I work six days a week. Sunday is my my day to write. Mm -hmm. And I try to keep that separate. Mm -hmm. But all of the other days I do, um, you know, six to seven hours of reading. Mm. So I love it. That's great. Yeah. And we'll include uh, the links in the show notes so that people can find you and access your books and all of that good stuff. Very good. Well, thank you so much for having me. You guys have your questions were phenomenal. And I really, really appreciate that. (laughs) Well, we like to let people feel like that. You're kind of in our living room. We're just having a chat. We're enjoying our conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been a wonderful, lovely, lovely, lovely conversation. And I look forward to having you back. Thank you so much for having me. It was great. Thoroughly enjoyed it. All right. Have a good evening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow. That was a fantastic conversation. I am so looking forward to having her back on the show. Miss Terry J, Cowgirl Shaman. You are awesome. And just go out and get her books. Go out and look her up and learn more about her because it's amazing. So if you have any other questions and you want to reach out to us, you can email us at the Animal Files Podcast at gmail.com. And you can head over to our website, theanimalfilespodcast.com, and you'll get all the links to all of our socials. You can support us. You can find out more information because we're going to put Terry J stuff on our resource page. Mm -hmm. So you always have a place to access it. And with that, we are going to close our show today. I hope you all have enjoyed it. We will see you next time right here on the Animal Files Podcast. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to rate, review, and recommend the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want some more great info, be sure to check out www.theanimalfilespodcast.com.